Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news relating to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call-in line is 646-716-4972. And now, here's your host of Lickin' on Lending, David Lickin'. Good to have you with us, everybody. It is Monday, June 12th. Again, we say that for many of you who are listening on a downloaded basis as to which program you're listening to. But thank you for the many of you that dial in live through the various social media means which you can connect with us. We're honored to have you here with us. We're a podcast that is created for mortgage professionals by mortgage professionals. And we are grateful to have you as our listener. Our commitment is to bring you timely information in an audio format so that you can listen to anytime, anywhere. I don't know about you, but I get so much information to read and sometimes when you just want to work out or commuting, it's a nice to have another way in which you can get information on an audio download. That's why our program has been listened to now by over 400 plus thousand mortgage professionals. It is growing at a crazy rate, and uh, we're just thrilled to have you here. And we come in, we're committed to bring you timely information in today's podcast. I am really excited. We have Alex, who is the co-founder and chief ROI booster of sales at Sales Boomerang. So you're going to want to hear about it. It's how you can convert past business, past customers or leads that you've had and turn them around into qualified borrowers and when to make the connection. They have discovered out of existing contacts or previous volume, $1.7 billion in missed volume that you would have otherwise missed. This is going to be a great podcast, and I'm really excited to have Alex of Sales Boomerang with us. We'll be talking with Alex in the Hot Topic segment. Special thank you goes out to our sponsors, ArchMI, the creator of the Innovative Rate Star program, Motivity Solutions, the real-time reporting dashboard and scorecard technology. Don't know how anyone operates their business without that. As well as Velma, an efficient mortgage marketing and email platform to get your word out we use that to get our word out to many of you hundreds thousands of you each week and each day so we communicate through it ourselves so we use it <laughs> this works and then simplify a real-time electronic communications exchange making communication between the various agents involved uh los agents realtors ex- escrow agents uh, closers everybody makes it a lot easier we're gonna hear more about that a little bit later in the program and then the mortgage collaborative the power of the network then also, we are in a relationship, and the advertiser is D&H. Again, they were acquired by Vista, and they're being combined with MySys, and they're forming and releasing a new brand. So we're waiting to hear what that will be coming out here pretty soon. All of this is supposed to be breaking loose in the middle part of this month. So we'll have more information on it. Again, congratulations to Nina Church Adams, who heads up everything related to marketing there, who is honored and recognized as a rising star by Housing Wire. Great lady. We love working with her. Great professional. One of the rising stars in the industry. Anyway, also a special thank you goes out to Alice. Andy, who is not with us today, had a death in the family. Unfortunately, he cannot join us. And then we have Joe and, of course, Sam, who's bringing us all updates on the headlines. Let's talk about upcoming conferences. We have the Motivity Conference, Users Conference in Beaver Creek, Colorado. That'll be June 19th, starting June 19th, a week from today. I'm going to be there. 
and it goes through Thursday the 22nd. So a lot of exciting things. You want a cool place to go, fun place to go. Nothing prettier than the Colorado Mountains. That's where we'll be at. We're gathering together with a whole bunch of mortgage professionals. They were acquired by Black Knight, so we're going to have a lot of the Black Knight people there. Looking forward to connecting there. So check it out, events.motivitysolutions.com. We'll get you the information. Also, TMC, or the Mortgage Collaborative Summer Conference, is coming up. You can get all the information about the summer conference at the Mortgage Collaborative and go to the events tab and you'll get all the information. Look forward to seeing you in Nashville. That's coming up in August. All the MBA conference and educational information websites get all that information by going to the MBA conferences tab or you can go over to Sam Garcia's Mortgage Daily tab. He's got a ton of information under conferences there. So appreciate you being a part of the podcast. And now let's get over to Joe Farr to see what is going on in the markets. Joe, got some movement here. Not much, but got some things going yeah, not on. Much, but it's, a, it's enough that any further movement will create a few favorable price changes. We've seen one already. So uh, we're about 4.30 seconds above some morning levels. Actually, we're just ticking up to 5.30 seconds above some levels. You know, if we go up one or two more, it really kick in. The first reaction was to the three-year auction, and I'm kind of waiting to see what happens at the the tenure auction, it uh, should have happened. Yeah, just now. I just hadn't, since I've been on the call, I'm, I'm kind of watching to see what I can see on CNBC about uh, the tenure auction. But uh, yeah, the three year auction was strong and, and it pushed prices higher. And, you know, we're sitting up a couple 30 seconds to the good and about four or five 30 seconds above some morning pricing levels. You know, no economic data came out today, David. And then as you I've probably you know, been keeping up with some of the uncertainty going around the British uh, elections that uh, occurred last Thursday with uh, Theresa May's government kind of being in question. And, and, you know, with that comes some uncertainty, but not a lot, not a lot of market activity related to either the, the movement, uh, the, the results on Friday or today. So, you know, last week, Dave, we had a lot going on, but just a very small amount of movement. And uh, MBS prices did fall a little bit, and MBA, our mortgage rates did rise a little bit. And it's interesting to note that for the previous four weeks, we'd either seen improvement or flat weeks. And so this was the first small rise to follow four good weeks. And it was a rise off of some of the best prices, well, the best mortgage rates since the election. And so, you know, a very good place to be right now. Last week, what data there was, was it was primarily the JOLTS report. And the JOLTS report showed a couple interesting things. They said that we are, it's an April report, so it's a little bit behind. But it showed the highest number of job openings since they began measuring. And so it was all-time highs there, and the quit rate remained high. And both of those are signs of a strong labor market. So it was good to see. You know, we talked about the three big events that were going to happen, non-economic events uh, that were going to happen right. last week. And, and uh, one was the ECB meeting, and it came and went. And there wasn't a lot of reaction to it. No change to monetary policy, no indications, uh, you know, maybe some slight indications of uh, a little bullishness, but uh, really not enough to move the market. And then the election, we talked about the election. Uh, Prime Minister May's uh, party had very poor showing in the in the elections lost the control in that they're no longer the majority and it does create some questions about brexit negotiation will it go smoothly how quickly will it be will they get into it and only uh, wind up having you know a new government brought into place so but again just like with the ecb meeting not a lot of movement in the market to that and then the last thing was the comey testimony it it created tv ratings but not much effect yeah. on um, financial markets the big events came and went with very very little movement now this week Dave, we have 
big events, but they're economic events. And so we might see some movement off of these. The big events come on Wednesday. Uh, CPI will be released at 830. And so will retail sales. Those are two really big economic events for the month. And then the Fed meeting, the statement will be released at two o'clock Eastern time with a press conference to follow. And you know, the CME group showing that the chance of a rate increase at this meeting is like 95%. So, you know, I guess the shock would be if there's not a rate increase. And uh, right. people will really be looking for guidance on future policy, you know, the speed with which future rate increases may be indicated. And then certainly what they might say is they add details to their program to uh, reduce their balance sheet. That could be big and market moving. So need to pay attention at 2 and then again at 2.30 as Janet Yellen's press conference takes place. On Thursday, uh, industrial production, Philly Fed, Empire Index all comes out. Friday you have housing starts and the first look at consumer sentiment. And then uh, following up on the uh, the Comey testimony, this uh, tomorrow Jeff Sessions, Attorney General Jeff Sessions, will be in front of the, the Intelligence Committee providing his testimony. And, you know, that too will get some um, good media attention, but we'll see if it has any impact on the market. It's interesting to see how much attention this whole thing is getting, but there's just no evidence that there was any collusion. Or, I mean, the Russians may have had tried to do some things, but I mean, there's just to be a whole lot to do about nothing about this. And I know my friends on the left will argue about that. Yeah, we got to look. We got to look. But it, it's. I think the markets are showing. You know what? We're not really too worried about it. Jeff Sessions will be in there. I don't think there'll be any surprises there. But like you say, it doesn't matter. It's how it gets spun out. And that's what I'm so frustrated about with so much of mainstream media, some call lamestream media. It's how it spins it out, and, and, and it, it does cause market reactions. So how people, Joe, have managed their pipelines and interest rate volatility without having a system like yours, it's just besides me. I think I'm grateful for you being there. I'm in it regularly. I love this site, and I love the mobile app. The fact that I could get this anywhere, anytime, as long as I have a cell connection or a Wi-Fi connection, I mean, kudos to you and the team that you have there for doing a good job well, of getting you. us relevant information, my friend. Well, to learn more, so we're much. going to give you an opportunity. Well, we appreciate you, my friend. Uh, we're going to give you an opportunity for listeners to learn a little bit more, so stay tuned for this brief message. Looking for that competitive edge? MBS Quoteland delivers live market coverage for originators. Get up-to-the-minute mortgage market news and analysis as events occur. Get MBS prices as trades happen. Straight to your computer, email, cell phone, or PDA. Know in advance when your investors will reprice. Make better lock float decisions and increase your income. Be the expert your clients expect. And know what's moving interest rates right now, tomorrow, and beyond. MBS Quoteland, delivering live market coverage for originators. Learn more about MBS Quoteline today at MBS mbsquoteline.com mbsquoteline.com 646-716-4972 The Lickin on Lending Show is back. Here is your host, David Lickin. So good to have you with us, everybody. And I'm always glad when we have the full team together and Alice is with us. So, Alice, the movie van got packed and you're making that transition to Cleveland. Union Home Mortgage is so fortunate to have you there. How's it going? Are you getting settled in? I am. It's been a great onboarding process and I'm doing what we call the listening tour. So, I'm going around and meeting everyone at the company and spending time with them and working on that plan to develop world-class training within the company. So I'm very excited. I'm excited. Well, you've been preaching that forever. 
I don't know how they pulled it off. They got you there, but and I'm very happy that you're there. Bill and uh, Al and the team are very fortunate. The whole company is. So let's get into getting an update, a legislative update. I have some, you know, I'm sitting looking at with Dodd-Frank legislation, Financial Freedom Act. So give us an update. Okay, sure. I will start there. It has been in the press, right? The Financial Choice Act passed the House. Financial on, Choice uh, Act. That's what it is. Yeah. Yes. On June 8th. It was interesting. Even the younger, newer members, newer partners here at the company were asking questions about this. It's in the press. It's worth talking about with all your associates who think, oh my gosh, is Dodd-Frank going to go, you know, get thrown out the window? And the answer is no. I mean, it's passed the, the House. It has a long uphill battle through the Senate and a lot of speculation that it will never make it through out the other door there. And even if something miraculously happens there, it will definitely be a washed down, completely changed version of, of what it is today. So generally the bill, you know, if you wanted to just kind of the cliff notes on what's included in it, the director will able to will be able to be removed by the president is one of the key things, whereas today he can only be removed for cause, he or she at the current time he. Um, it really would change the authority of the agency quite a bit. It would They would no longer be over UDAP, unfair, deceptive, and abusive acts and practices. They would lose oversight of payday loans and arbitration agreements. There would be some changes to how the big bank definition works. And so certainly we've got the American Bankers Association behind this to try and ease some pressure for those larger banks and then in the light of this, there may be some benefits for community banks. So definitely something that everyone should take a look at and see where you land. I have not had a chance to check to see what the Mortgage Bankers Association position is on this. They're definitely going to have to draw a balancing act there. A few things that would impact the stock side as well. So essentially, we you know don't we'll watch it out of the corner, <laughs> but we don't have a lot of hope that it's going to go any further than just a a bill passed the House. Yep. So that's, that's the scoop there. No big change in Dodd-Frank's. Keep those LEs and CDs coming, basically. <laughs> so, yeah, they're basic. that's exactly right. Yep. That's, yeah, that's no changes there. there. That's not um, going anywhere. There was a new bill introduced, H.R. 2570, the Mortgage Fairness Act. This is along the same lines of um, trying to change that points and fees definition to help level the playing field for mortgage brokers. This gets introduced every year. We go anywhere. There is a rule. The CFPB did put out a basically a proposal, a notice for comment. You have until July 31st to comment on this, and it's their requirement to go back and look at ATRQM. So the challenge with this is it doesn't follow the full normal rules process. Uh, they aren't going to be required to respond to all comments. We won't expect any substantive changes out of this. They're required to go through this process in Dodd-Frank because the, the law said you need to reassess that this was on the right track. So a lot of people would think ATR and QM is not on the right track. It's too strict. It, it, you know, it, it went too far. So this one is worth taking a look at because the areas the CFPB is requesting comment on are really very broad. You can provide any data. You can make any comments about ATRQM that you feel would be important in adjusting it to be easier to work with, especially for portfolio lenders. So this is a long project for the CFPB. They have to look at mortgage costs, volume rates. They have to comment on a lot of data. 
essentially they're going to be looking at, you know, the eight underwriting factors, right? Are those the right eight? Should we change those? Did we, is it barring entry to home ownership for consumers? And that's the angle I would encourage companies to take a look at. And to file your comments by July 31st, the challenge will be is the CFPB doesn't have to file the report until January of 2019, so they get all next year wow. to pull all this together and file a report. So this, too, it doesn't have anything in the near future, but you have until July 31st to get your thoughts and data in. And I think it would be worth it for us to do that. Even though it's got a long tail on it, this is a time to give some feedback on how to potentially loosen this up a bit. Simultaneously with this, there is a junior senator who introduced a bill that would require CFPB to amend ATRQM, but no text is available, and odds are that probably won't go very far anyway. <laughs> so yeah. That's my yeah. two cents for today, Dave, on legislation and CFPB proposed rules. Lots of good stuff in that. Now, what's interesting, when we had Ari Karen on talking about this, there was some talk about how Jamie Dimon was in there and there was creating a real advantage for the big banks. Have you heard anything about that? Yes, the way it's written would definitely ease things up for the for the big banks. It gets rid of the Volcker rule, but you which meant, is, you know, put some boundaries on that. But is it create disadvantages for the independent mortgage bankers? In I other words, is this a game changer yes. in that sense? Is it a game? I think so. It'll definitely change the competitive landscape between the banks and the lenders. And I'll follow up more with that in our next report. We'd love to see the MBA's yeah. opinion on this. And I'm texting back and forth. We're working on getting David Stevens on as soon as we can to really get some perspective on that and GSE reform, just a whole lot of things. So we'll have David on here. Looks like early July to to have him on, working with his secretary to get him scheduled. But we were talking about that again, texting and emailing on that last night. So we'll get more on perspective on that. Interesting. Lots of moving pieces, Alice. Never a boring day in the mortgage industry, especially when we have this new administration in there and the aggressive agendas, what they have through so many things that have initiatives that could have an impact on us. So very interesting. Appreciate you. Good to have you on and with us. Appreciate it. Folks, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to be right back with an ad with Simplifile. We'll talk to you in just a minute. Simplifile has technology that gives you the ability to collaborate with settlement agents via real-time chat and messaging, allowing you to track changes, send, receive, and validate documents, as well as obtain status updates and deal with issues as they arise. All of this in a real-time electronic communication exchange. And best of all, you have a complete audit trail of all communications. To learn more, go to Simplifile.com or call our good friend Nancy Alley at 1-800-460-5657. The Mortgage Collaborative was founded by former chairman of the NBA, John Robbins and David Kittle, and leaders at the forefront of the diversity movement in the real estate industry, Jim Park and Gary Acosta. The Mortgage Collaborative is the nation's only independent cooperative. The Collaborative provides its members the opportunity to meet and form meaningful relationships with top mortgage professionals and leaders in our industry. In a relationship-driven business such as ours, often who you know is as important as what you know. To learn more, go to mortgagecollaborative.com or call Rich Swarbinski at 440-552-0691. The Power of the Network. Yeah, we appreciate our sponsors so much. So check out The Power of the Network, The Mortgage Collaborative, and then also Simplify. Go over to the website. Good stuff. Great information. Sam Garcia, it's good to have you dialed in from the great nation of Texas up there in Dallas. How are you doing, friend? I'm doing pretty good. I'm good, good. We finally got some... Clear skies, at least a little bit, get a break from the rain here. We had a lot, though, I tell you. 
Kudos to your website, MortgageDaily.com, Sam. It's got a great amount of information on that. I'm, I have it up regularly looking at what you're posting up there. Let's run through some of the headlines that you want our listeners to be aware of. Yes. You know, after you met with Ellie Mays, CEO, Jonathan Kaur, you asked me to take a look at the company's millennial tracker. So, so I did. Right, yes. Yeah. And, they, of course, they put it out last week. And now Ellie, which is a Mortgage Daily advertiser, uh, put out that report for April last week. I went through it, and it said the purchase share of originations among the millennials inched up to 89% in April from 88% in March. Ellie said that millennials made up 73% of all mortgage borrowers closed in April, the most of any metropolitan statistical area. I'm sorry, I missed the city there, but it was a small (laughs) southeast city. But other other cities that I didn't miss included uh, Hobbs, New Mexico. They were at 71%. Dalton, Georgia, 63%. And Victoria, Texas, where 63% of the loans closed were uh, millennials. So those are some of the areas that have the highest share of millennials. But, you know, even though the generations are gravitating towards affordable markets in the Southeast and Midwest, the report indicated that the share of millennials on closed loans near Chicago and Los Angeles, New York, and San Francisco has also been rising. So obviously not to the levels that I just mentioned, but still rising. Moving on, you know, there wasn't a lot of, really a lot of news this last week. I noticed it kind of slowed down starting like on Friday, but still there were some interesting stories that we did get out. But first off, let me cover our mortgage market index, which jumped 36% last week from the week that included Memorial Day. And since we don't have any seasonal adjustments, that's not that spectacular because it really just jumped up to where it was before the holiday. That index, of course, is based on open closed rate lock activity. It kind of gives us an indication of where upcoming originations are going to be. Business was down 13% from a year ago, but the week over week gain was led by government business jumped 51% from the prior week. So we saw a nice surge in government-insured business. Moving on, the Mortgage Bankers Association released its Mortgage Credit Availability Index last week, and that fell a percent between April and May, and it was the second month in a row that credit conditions tightened. And MBA attributed the most recent drop to investors consolidated their government offerings. So government activity was really where it would tighten the most. In May, Consumer bankruptcy filings totaled more than 66,000. That was up 3% from a month earlier and was also up from a year earlier. So just a little bit of tidbit of data there yeah. on consumer bankruptcies. Ginny May, they put out some operational data that indicated their MBS issuance was $38.3 billion in May, slightly more than in April, but business was slower than in May 2016 when there was $42.8 billion in issuance. Ginny's book of business climbed to a record $1.83 trillion. Of course, every month is a record for Jenny at this point when it comes to its book, which is constantly growing. Fannie Mae reported that it had winning bids on nearly $600 million in non-performing loans. The winners were a Goldman Sachs affiliate, a Baalbek Capital affiliate, and Rushmore Loan Management. And Fannie is selling those loans from his investment portfolio, which previously was reported at $279 billion as of April 30th. Over at HomePoint, which acquired Stonegate Mortgage last month, it reported a new management lineup. At the time of the acquisition, Willie Newman was designated as the CEO, while Stonegate's president and CEO, James Smith, was designated as the chief operating officer. Well, last week's announcement from HomePoint indicated that there are 11 more executives that they've outlined. Four came from HomePoint and five came from Stonegate. And then there were two more who I couldn't identify where they were before that. I got some 
scandalous news, which is always interesting. A judge <laughs> in, a, in a small town in New York was arrested for mortgage fraud. That judge apparently really? or alleged, yeah, allegedly misled investors about the occupancy for a home she bought to meet residency requirements for the judge position she was elected to in 2013. So. Uh, Always interesting when you see people in law wind up in trouble with the law. One other thing I wanted to cover real quick was that President Trump last week said he plans to nominate Joseph Odding to lead the OCC. He was previously the CEO of OneWest, and of course, you, as you know, Treasury Secre- yeah. Secretary Mnuchin led the group that acquired IndyMac to create OneWest back in the day. So um, anyway, that was, those are some of the biggest headlines we, I, I pulled out from our our last week of news. Great information. You'd really do a good job on this. Is there any data that's on your you know, your website is good for many things. Great news site resource. Did you already have some new data up there for us? Well, you know, we're coming up here. The thing Mortgage Daily is most into is production. I mean, that's that's what my background was before I got in the news business, and that's kind of where my heart is because you can't have servicing in the long run if you don't have production in the first place. So, you know, that's where we focus the most of our energy. Of course, we cover individual companies. We get we do a survey to get the biggest lenders out there to tell us how much they lent and, you know, what channels and so forth. But what we got coming up now, any day now, I'm just waiting for one last piece of information, is that we get this data for banks, credit unions, and for non-banks, and we're able to get a market share for each of those groups and then watch it over time. So I expect that either probably the next time that you and I talk on this show, I'm going to have some market share data for the first quarter of this year. And, you know, we can compare that with uh, how things have changed over the last year or so. So um, that's really the biggest piece that's just pending right now. Of course, we talked about employment last week, which is another big piece of data we like to cover. This uh, this production one, the final cap for the first quarter data is just about to, to be done, and I'll get that to you next week. Very good. Excellent stuff. Folks, check it out at MortgageDaily.com. <laughs> you can email Sam at SamGarcia at MortgageDaily.com or call him at 214 521 1300. There is just so much information going on in the markets. Kind of mix up when we do some of our sponsor ads. And so I wanted to save the spot with Les Parker until now. So Les does a great job of giving us an update of the markets and more of a macro focus. Joe gives us exactly what's going on right now. But Les Parker does a good job of giving us a macro view. And so we're going to play that now. We also then listen for the music parody that's in the message. So with that, let's run over to Les Parker. Les? Thanks, Dave. This is MarketLogic Live, sponsored by Loan Logic. Don't you want hard Brexit? Don't you want May more? Don't you want her safety? Don't you want less gov? May's gambit yield a strong mandate from the people. Fix income and security. Ironically, the people will probably get less of each with a hung parliament. Yet foreign investors won as a softer Brexit means another visit to recent lows in the Great Britain pound. The anti-establishment sentiment keeps winning elections, but it has not generated the return of income they crave. These views are my own. Go to LoanLogics.com to subscribe to my daily newsletter. So that 
that's Les Parker working at his best. Uh, so anyway, good information there, though. Love your feedback. Several people saying that they'd like to hear a little lower volume in the music and a little more of Les. So I will we'll work on getting that mixed in a little bit better. But also, I want to run out and Arch MI. They're leading in, in the pack. If you see some of the newest, latest ads, they are leaders in the marketplace. And we love working with, I'm glad to have, we have the leader in the market, the leading the herd as, as an advertiser with us. So with us, let's get over to Shawna Hollidale over there at uh, ArchMI and hear about how they are leading and uh, how they're doing it. Shawna? Thanks, David. It's spring home buying season and lenders are competing for business. With ArchMI RateStar, you can dominate your market and claim the lion's share of business. How? RateStar allows you to assess individual loan risk more precisely. If you're hunting for more profitable business, RateStar helps you capture and close more of those loans. With RateStar, you're leader of the pack. Partner with ArchMI and lead with us. That's so true. I recommend you partnering with them. They've got, if you haven't seen their RateStar app and how it can help, it's amazing. Someone just also texted me. It was saying, where's the KPI of the week? And a lot of our listeners do look forward to that. And so John Maynell, who is the Vice President of Client Services at Motivity, has the KPI of the week. So with that, let's go over to John Maynell. Thank you, David, very much. Great to be here, as always. And this week, we have another underwriting-focused key performance indicator, and the KPI is average resubmits per file. This single measurement can not only help lenders develop consistency in underwriting and optimize departmental processes, it can also guide business users to examine contributing tasks in processing that affect this number. KPIs in practice, and you might say by definition, are constantly on display and updated in near real time, making it much easier to pinpoint however many friction points may be combining to produce a given effect, like number of resubmissions, which can also vary by product type, another aspect that the KPI can uncover, demonstrating once again that what gets measured gets results. And with that, Dave, I will turn it back to you. Thanks very much again. So good to have the partnership with Motivity, and of course with all of our sponsors. Check them out, and check out what's going to be happening. They'll be looking for the news announcements with D&H. That is really exciting stuff. So without further ado, oh, I'm excited to get Alex and his last name. I hope I'm going to get this pronounced properly. It's Kuchin. And uh, Alex is on the phone with us, and he is the head of this exciting new company, and it has intelligent tools. And so, Alex, did I slaughter your name, I'm or did here. I get it reasonably close? Did I get it close? I, I, I think it was close. It, it's a position. I think you got it close enough. I'm excited to have you here. Now, you and I met and, in New York, and you were introduced to us by a mutual friend, Craig mm-hmm. Pollock, over at Social Survey. He said, Dave, you've got to meet Alex. He's got something you've got to get on the radio program. And, again, as volumes for some shops. It's really interesting, Alex, because some companies' volumes – is going down where some volumes I just was emailing with a CEO whose volume is up 25% and going up. So we're seeing some differences, different directions. The arrows are pointing different directions based on the company and their strategy. But one of the things that could help so many of these companies, Alex, is being able to look at deals that they looked at, had to pass on for a period of time, or that have past clients that they lost touch with. 
And what mm-hmm. got me so excited that I wanted to share this message with our listeners is what you're doing. So, first of all, to introduce you to our audience, give us a little background of yourself and how you got to this place in the industry. Well, David, thank you, and, and thank you for having me on the show. So, I have an extensive marketing and technology background. Um, I had started a company, my own first company at the age of 20, and never looked back. I understood that if I can control my own destiny and I can help people my own way, um, but that's sort of the path for me. And along the way, I had launched several types of companies, and one of the things we launched was a technology in, into the mobile space, which we raised uh, money for, and, and later I took a buyout right at the end of 2014, beginning of 2015, and I started consulting. And I started consulting for one of the best, in my opinion, if not the best, uh, mortgage marketing companies in the nation, Monster Lee Group. From there, had identified a gap in how the mortgage industry looks at its prospects and its customers. There was a big gap between knowing and having information and guessing and looking for information. And so, yeah, yeah and, and, and one of the things, and you know, we were, we were going to get into this a little bit further down the road, but I can jump into it now. You know, the thing that really stuck out for me, David, is noticing that Monster had produced, and it showed me the numbers, right? They, they had produced 212,000 unique phone calls, and, and we'll just look at 2015 numbers because that's what, what motivated me. There are much more in 2016. There were like 280,000, but we'll get into that another time. But yeah. they generate 212,000 unique phone calls, and 22,000 mortgages came out of that. And it's very okay. impressive for a company to do that. However, what I asked, was what happened to the 190,000 people that raised their hand, right? These mortgage companies didn't call the customers. The customers called the mortgage companies. I said, what happened to them? And at that time, the answer was, look, the mortgage industry doesn't look backwards. doesn't really have a good rearview mirror. You know, we, we kind of move forwards at all times, and maybe we'll run into that person again by repurchasing that lead, but we don't look backwards. And so the founder of that company and actually investor and advisor in sales boomerang, Ken Bartz, said, you know what? Every prospect, this is what he says to me after I I bring that up to him. He says, every prospect will be a customer for someone someday. So I said, let's build a tool that will track those people and tell the lenders when the customer is ready. And that's how we're here. That's how it came about. Very interesting. You know, what kind of response are you getting from people who you've shown what, and again, the company's name for our listeners, I to mention in the introduction, uh, at the beginning of the program, I did. I didn't do it just now, but it's Sales Boomerang. I love the name Sales Boomerang, how you can Thank get you. more business to come back at you. But what kind of responses are you getting from people when you show them how this works? So, you know, everyone gets impressed. You can almost feel a, a sigh of relief when, when they hear this, especially people that have been in the industry for a long time, because this is something that people have been doing manually, right? They've been trying to track you know, right. uh, when somebody will be ready, they'll put something on a calendar, right? So, uh, as you know, oh, I just funded this deal, so I should check back in with them in two and a half years because probably the equity will be where it needs to be based on my calculations, right? Well, instead of guessing, we now deliver that intelligence. Hey, your client now has 75% LTV. Don't guess. No, come with it with with intelligence and knowledge. So, I mean, truly, it's you know, I had some people who said literally, like, look, this is what we've been waiting for for years. Thank you for making this happen. So it's it's really something that that I think is taken well. So there's a lot of people that, like you were saying, use tickler files, and they go, you know, let's put this one out like a traditional CRM, and you'll you you park it out there, but it's just kind of a don't know if that's a good date to follow up, but that's well, let's just. Let's throw a dart at the board and see if that's the right time. What you're saying is you add intelligence 
to that. So if mm-hmm. it is an equity issue or if it was a credit issue, you're monitoring mm-hmm. those factors and then notifying them. That That's amazing. I like it. Really love it. So when did you realize you had something really here big? When, when, did, when did the like, aha come? It seems logical. Everyone get it right out of the gate. <laughs> so we knew that we had something interesting, but we didn't know how big it was. We knew we had something interesting and we had wonderful partners, these top originators that let us play with their data and, and figure out what's what's good and what's not good. And we created something called a missed opportunity analysis, right? We we use the acronym MOA. And in fact, I have one queued up here to, to email you. I wasn't sure if you wanted to see a version of it that you could maybe read off online. I'll just, I'll just send it to you Please and then we'll see it. if we have time to get to it yeah. uh, while, while that's coming your way. A missed opportunity analysis is where we take our clients' data, years and years and years of data, past customers, uh, prospects, people they turned down, people that went cold, and we analyze it for them. Right? And we start with the, with the people they turned down, the prospects, and we say, look, in the past 12 months, you see these 4,000 you said no to? In the past 12 months, how many of them actually went and got funding? And our prediction was, oh, I don't know, 1% to 2% would be great. And, and, our, and our partners that were allowing us to play with their data like this were like, oh, if you can let me know about 1% to 2% of my clients that come back and, and, and maybe have fixed their credit and are ready for a loan, that would be tremendous. Well, we were so wrong. The numbers are around 13%. 13% wow. of the people you turn down will come back and get a loan from a competitor. And, and we're like, is wow. this an anomaly? No, it's every, all the time. This is, this is regularly. That's the average. Some are at 20%. Some are at 7%. Some are at you know, 18 But the average is above 13, just above 13%. And so that's, that's when we realized, and I, and I think you see it in your email now, but that's when we realized I this am. is much it. bigger than we expected. Um, yeah, so the right. one you're looking at, uh, an example, you know, out of – People they turn down. Let me interrupt, Alex. Let me let me ask mm-hmm. anyone who's wanting. Uh, can I share this with any of our listeners that any email me and say they'd like to receive it? Is this something I yes, can share? I think so let me make sure there's no sensitive information on there. I don't think there is. Yeah, we'll share it as a PDF out for those. It is a PDF, Beautiful. so there's no way. To, you know, so yeah, we'll be happy to share this out. So go ahead. Let's. I mean, describe what I'm we looking at, what you're looking at, what you sent. Okay, so what we're looking at is this, and you guys will see it when you download it for yourselves. So if, for an example here, these are clients that this particular group had turned down over a course of several years, and they turned down 2,422 people, okay? Turned In down. 12 months, turned down. They could not do business with them. For some reason, whatever happened, they turned them down, and they said no. But in the past 12 months, 407 of them got a loan from a competitor. For this particular client, their average loan amount is right around 250000 That's $101 million in missed loan volume in a 12-month period. Wow. And you, wow. you said this earlier, David. You said we've discovered $1.7 billion. This is part of that discovery. This is what we're finding. Here's the, here's the kicker, right? So 113 of these people, and you guys will see it when you look at this, 113 of these people were in the market within the last 30 days. So they're active, 36 of them within the last seven days, right, an active audience. And if, you, and if you look at the second page, David, this is their past clients. This one, by the way, I know there's a lot of listeners that own mortgage companies right now and that branch managers yep. have a seat. And when we do this analysis for you, you're really mm-hmm. going to want to be sitting because this one hurts the most. The second page of that PDF, David, that you're seeing there, these are past yes, clients. You see that number that says how many went to get a loan in the past 12 months? Yeah. That is with I'm, a competitor. That- Twenty-three percent, yeah, from them. Twenty-three. This is where our industry could do. You each, every listener, you could pick up twenty, increase your business twenty-three percent by just looking at the past, your marketing past to the past clients. This is amazing. Great data and, here. And this is a miracle. 
This is actually a, a company too that I'm looking at specific data, right? And you've taken out oh, yeah, all the this companies, is, this is, right? That's right. This is this is this is a company's data. This is why you know I, I was at the conference at, at, at Mastermind in, in Vegas just this past week, and I brought these sheets as raw as you see it here because the data is so incredible. There's nothing marked up here. This is nothing made up. The data is so <laughs> incredible. We couldn't make it up. And we literally printed sheets like this, and people are like, wow. And this is just one of dozens, you know, of, of missed opportunity analysis that we've done. Let's get around to Alice and Joe here. Alice, I want to get over to you, and then, Joe, I'm going to come to you. I mean, you shouldn't think about it, Alice. You're now back at working at a mortgage company, and you think about 23% increase by just being able to monitor what your past customers have done. I mean, that's a 23% increase. And then the other number up here is, Alice, is 16.8% on people that got loans from other companies in 12 months after you turned around. That's, I mean, think about that. Those two numbers right there, it's 39, almost 40% increase in business. That's staggering. It is. It's significant. And so welcome to the program. And I'm very interested in hearing about the product because I think a lot of our companies that listen to the program definitely have lead gen type services, right? They're uh, using multiple ways to get lead generation into the company and this seems very fundamentally different. So I think you described it a little bit, but this now, by working directly with you, I get my customers back to me, right, as opposed mm -hmm. to lead gen that is kind of random and my customer might end up at someone else's front door. So can you talk a little bit to that point? Yeah, I'd love to, and I, I, I love how you describe that, absolutely. So at the heart of this, just so you guys know, at the heart of this is turning the tables on the industry. Right? Can the mortgage industry become the industry that delivers good news more often? Right? In a situation where somebody can't get a loan, that's heartbreaking for everyone. And for you to be able to turn around and say, look, Mr. Customer, unfortunately, we couldn't get you funded today, but this is just the beginning of your loan journey. Let me introduce you to someone that will help you get your credit back on track or help you get your finances back on track. And guess what? You don't have to come find me in the next few months when things are back in order. We will come to you. We've invested in ourselves to build this relationship with you so that when you're ready, you don't miss a beat. Um, and I'm, I'm going to get to the product in just a second. I just want to make one interesting point mm -hmm. that if this product was available, this service, what we're offering was available in 2016 at this exact time, imagine how many people would have taken advantage of the low rates before the end of the year. If we could have notified all of our customers that these people have now fixed their credit or this customer now has better equity or for all the different things that we, that we track for, you would have seen a much larger number of loans before the end of the year. And all of a sudden, 2017, rates jump up. People are not as interested anymore. But with this kind of product, we would have shortened the distance between we can't help you to we can help you. Okay, So that's just a yeah. philosophical kind of theory behind that. And we will see that moving forward. right? So here's to your point, to your question. What we do – is we started to think about what are all the things, what are all the reasons that somebody might not be able to get a loan or be ready to get a loan. And those things are credit things, right? So uh, my credit needs to be a certain place. My equity needs to be a certain place. My rate needs to be at a certain place. And so what we've done is we connect directly with whatever technology our clients use, right? There's no, there's no need to introduce a brand new technology, a brand new interface that people need to learn. Instead, we're a plug-in. Right? We're not a CRM. We're not a new system you have to go figure out. We plug into your existing CRM, whatever you're using. And from there, we start to collect the necessary data right? based on real interactions. So if someone doesn't qualify because of credit, all you do is mark it off. It goes right into Sales Boomerang. And when their credit gets better, 
it boomerangs right back to you, right? When somebody is, has no benefit in getting a loan because their current rate is already low, then you put a target rate in there. You say, listen, bring this person back to me when we, when our company is offering 3%, boomerang this person back to me. And then you need to focus on the person in front of you and let the system do what it does, right? Improves your service. All of a sudden, eight months down the road, 85 names come boomeranging back to you right into your email saying, hey, you marked all these people off to bring them back to you when you, or when you offer 3%. Here are all your people. Contact them. Or at the moment cool. that you fund, this is, this is a great automation that, that we implement with, with everyone. Uh, or you should, they should be automating this part of it, and we turn it on for them. The minute you fund a deal, you want to know what equity you want their house to have, right? So at the minute you fund a deal, there's an automation that says, bring this person back to me when they have 80% LTV, 90% LTV, 60%, whatever the target is for you, it automatically brings it back. And there's nobody that knows better than the person that's doing the deal at that very moment when the best possible you know, uh, interaction should be. So besides the value of, of the end result, it's also about timing, right? To be a great service provider, to offer those good news, to be there for your customer, it's about being for, there for them at the right moment. And so does that answer your question that kind of went? Yeah. Does that answer it, Alice? <laughs> yes. What other criteria is used for those uh, triggering events that you just highlighted? You highlighted a couple. How many others do you offer? So it's credit. It's back in the market. You need to know when your clients are shopping again or your prospects are shopping again. It's rate. We talked about that. It's equity. And it's listings, right? So you want to know if your past customer is listing their house for sale. So those are the five things, credit, equity, listings, rate. And back in the market when, you're, when your client is back out and they're shopping again and they're inquiring about mortgage products. All the things that would put you in front of your customer at the right moment. Yeah, that's good stuff. I, that's why I got so excited about this. Joe, you can see why I get excited about this. You have so many customers. I have so many clients that would really value from this as a potential 40% increase in volume, especially when market, you know, interest rates may be going up and things are maybe contracting a little bit in the market. It's a great tool. Your thoughts, Joe? You know, my thought is this is a great tool for a company to offer to become more competitive in hiring LOs. Are you seeing that? Yeah. Well, absolutely. I mean, this is yet another technology that can help that for, for recruiting, of course. That's amazing. Yeah, you do compete with people on this. How's your product different and how's it better? Oh, I, I, I absolutely love this question. <laughs> so our competitors in this space are data providers, right? That's our competitors. And data providers, they provide you data. Right? They want to give you data. We, we want to service the relationship, right? So what's, what's a great way of, of explaining this? So the taxi industry right, has been around for a very, very long time. Okay? To get someone from point A to point B in a taxi is an age-old service. But to transform the way people travel, like what Uber is doing or how Airbnb is doing it, that's a whole new mentality. And that's how we're approaching this. We're approaching this in the sense of how do we create a better experience for the lender and the borrower? How can we make the conversation be more about creating a, a lifetime value? So if you're a data provider, that's great. We still call that dumb data. You can just go out and get a big a database of information, but what are you going to do with it? So what we said is let's track the things that are important to you and put them on a timeline, right? Trigger them based on a specific event in a specific time that helps everyone, that can allow you to reach out to your customers based on this intelligence, and rather than guessing. 
the real competitors are just the people that have data. We found a way to aggregate it and make it smarter and connect it directly. Data providers don't really care about making it easy for you to connect to the data. They just want to give you the data and let you do what you do with it. And we want to connect it to the tools that you're using every day so you can take advantage of that. Good information. So, you know, I like the philosophy of turning the tables between the lenders and the borrowers, specifically when delivering good news. Can you get into some details about that? How are you passing this information on to basically tell us how this operates? So we have a a wide variety of options for people to jump on board. We have programs that are non-credit specific, non-credit tracking things for as little as $2.99 a month. And then upwards of five thousand dollars a month if you want the full the full plan. And this is you know for for enterprises and of course depending on how many you know it's not per branch. So you can split that cost between all the branches. It's 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 not a per branch kind of scenario. So we have a wide variety. We have just loan officers that use this program, and then we have branches, and then of course we have enterprises. Let's talk about getting started. Then walk me through the process. Someone says I'm ready to get started. So you know what do they do? We got the cost down now. What do they get started then? How are you just starting to deliver the information? So it's super easy. I mean, we, we use an F word in this office a lot, and that F word is frictionless. Our goal is to be frictionless, okay? Again, to bring up Uber. Uber has created or Lyft, you know, they, they, they've, they've done this. Uh, it's, it's about making it very easy for our customers to work with us without having to learn anything new. Kind of keep doing what you're doing, keep tagging things the way you've been tagging them, and let the system start to analyze and track and put the intelligence around what you want. So, for instance, when you start with us, it's very, very easy. We first do that big data dump, right? We do an analysis. Why do we do an analysis? We do that because the information we find will give you a hit list that will most likely produce enough loans to pay for the service for months or maybe years, okay? So that initial analysis, we will discover for you opportunities that are available for you right at this moment, and you'll go close those deals, okay? So we start with that. Number two, we connect to your existing CRM, right? We connect to where your data is. And then we you help work you with all the different the CRMs that are out there. You'll work with all of them. We are as frictionless as possible. So absolutely. If the CRM doesn't offer a solution to, to easily integrate, we have, we have our developers on, on hand who will create some other options where you can post, create posting URLs and then we'll take the information from there. Right. And since we don't work with sensitive data, right? We don't need you to send social security numbers and date of births of people. We just need full names and addresses to do everything I was just talking about. Right. It makes it very easy, especially with compliance. So right. it's very simple. We we then connect to your CRM, and then when we deliver notifications, first of all, the data comes to us automatically because your loan officer says, hey, not qualified because of credit. The minute they tag that inside a CRM, it pushes the information to sales boomerang. Three months later, that person's credit is where it needs to be. We instantly push it back to that loan officer and to the manager, so it goes to two places, a centralized location and to the loan officer that saved that, that information in the first place. And that's it. It's that simple. And it's just a circular process. We, we deliver digitally and, and we receive it digitally. Very interesting. I mean, it's just, it's so simple. When we had a mortgage company, the last mortgage company that I was a partner in, we had a thing called the dead deal desk because we were direct to consumer and we were buying tons and tons of data. And so this is the first time I've seen a business that's built around this quite like the way you're doing it, similar to what we're doing. And I was amazed at how many deals were able to pull out of what we refer to as dead deals, things that someone had passed on for whatever reason. We put a couple of our top, top LOs in that division. And then the head of sales is just was a brilliant guy back then. And he says, you know, let's get the best doing this and let's double the commission. At this point, it's found money for us. So they paid a higher commission to someone that actually got this. You're doing all the work for people. So you're delivering them back, not an inferior lead, 
but you've eliminated the reason why they were turned down in the first place. So kudos to you, mm-hmm. Alex. I'm very, very impressed with all of this. I'm, I'm looking at the clock. We have literally out of time. If people want to learn more about Sales Boomerang and want to speak to you about it, what's the best way for people to connect with you? So just visit us at salesboomerang.com. You can send me an email directly at alexk at salesboomerang.com or hello at salesboomerang.com. And we're very easy to be to get in contact with. We do demos and webinars regularly. So it is very easy to get in contact with us and, and to start to roll this out for you. I am impressed with, you know, it's fun to see the innovation and that's mm-hmm. out there. And I think a lot of people need to be aware of this. Well, I mean, one of the things is as you get more successful, the enemy of so many companies is their capacity. If if mm-hmm. one of the bigger companies, let's say the largest originator on the planet comes to you and says, we want you, and they start working with you, I mean, how? what is your ability to scale and grow this business? I, I love that question. I love it. So because of the technology that we're building and everything is about machine learning and artificial intelligence and being able to do things that just we with our hands alone couldn't do, we're able to scale very quickly. Now we're methodical, right? We want to be careful how quickly we bring on uh, large companies. We have wonderful advisors here. And today we're a company that notifies you about these items. Okay. And, and that takes a certain amount of time, but in the future, we're going to be able to predict where the next wave of loans is coming from. And in fact, one of the investors here, I think I talked about him before, Ken Bart, he had gone as far to say that this type of intelligence can be used in the future by the lending community to actually create future loan products. So I bring this up because, yeah, we are going to have more intelligence about why people did not qualify, how many turned down, how many came back than any other company in the history. And we're going to aggregate it all in-house and I bring this up to follow the question about how can we scale with bigger companies. We can, we can today take millions of records and very quickly come back with information that's, that's important to the consumer and to the lender, of course, and, and do it in a frictionless manner. I mean, we, look, technology allows us to connect quickly and make things easier. So you know, if, if, a big, if a big client was to come to us today and say, here's a million records, how can you help us, and we want to do this in real time, we would do it strategically. We wouldn't drop everything and forget about everyone. We would do it very strategically, but make sure that everything is being taken care of. So scale is definitely a word that gets thrown around our company a lot. Very impressive. I love the product. Many lenders really, I mean, can this be bought at a loan officer basis? I mean, if a loan officer says, my company isn't into it, but I am, I want to do this. Can you get it? Can a LO subscribe to this service? Certainly. I mean, for the non-credit-based products all day long, for the credit-based products and the tracking that we do on the credit-based products, they just need permission from, from the, the corporate office, but they can absolutely run this themselves. We have some top originators that are using this now. Very interesting. Good jobs. Alex, really thank you for coming thank on so and sharing much. this with our listeners. We really try to help our listeners find ways in which they can increase business, innovative ideas and tools, and this is this is great stuff. really appreciate you joining us today thank and so I ch- encourage people to check it out. Again, the website is salesboomerang.com, and you can get a hold of Alex at uh, – what's the email address, Alex? Alex K at salesboomerang.com. And then a phone number if they want to call you the old-fashioned way? Sure. I love old-fashioned. 443-955-2645. Excellent. 
Folks, we've had Alex with Sales Boomerang with us, and it's been very interesting to learn about some new innovative ways you can start capturing some leads out of your old business and bring it forward and start making money. We appreciate Alex being with us, Joe and Alice, and a big thank you to all of you who are listeners. Next week, I'm really excited about the program. Of course, I'm excited about every one of the programs that we have coming up. We're going to have on with us Jack Nunnery, I believe, is coming on, and he's going to be talking about their credit risk. should be a real interesting program about how to manage the credit risk and so the risk profile. So there's a risk score, there's a KPI, and there's an RPI. So we'll be talking about risk profiling, the RPI in mortgage lending. So good to have you with us, everybody. Have a great week. Look forward to seeing you back here next week. And be sure to tell others about the program. Thank you so much. Have a great week. This has been Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin, of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us again next week, and thank you for listening.